The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Help. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician. I was trained in Britain. I'm retired from medical practice. And I'm now an activist for family caregiving, which explains the name of the show, Family Caregivers Unite. Today's episode is Elder Caring, Navigating the System. Here's what I've learned from family caregivers who've been my guests on Family Givers Unite. They, they tell me that they so often face situations that develop slowly, so the situations creep up on the family caregiver. Or family caregivers face situations that occur, occur so quickly that they create an emergency which demands action, urgent action, from the family caregiver. And either way, family caregivers say how unprepared they were for what they had to deal with, especially at a stressful time. And they often felt alone in finding their way through the system, which they found complex, which is why our topic today focuses on navigating the system for elder caring. And to talk about um, those challenges, um, I'm pleased to welcome my two guests, um, Cindy Laverty and Marilyn Spencer. And let me introduce them both in this way. Cindy founded the Care Company based in Southern California. This is a caregiver support agency which reflects her years of caring for her dying father-in-law while his own children were unable to provide care and while she was also raising her own child. To deliver compassionate home care, her company employs people she calls life managers who work with family caregivers and their families. She's become a formidable advocate for caregivers nationwide by establishing herself as the compassionate caregiver's best friend. She's done this with the first and only commercial radio program for caregivers, The Cindy Laverty Show in Santa Barbara. She's the author of a new book, Caregiving Elder Care Made Clear and Simple. Marilyn Spencer, here's what Marilyn says about herself. She sees herself as an accidental caregiver. That's because after her successful career in marketing and corporate communications, she, a childless only child, found herself the caregiver for her mother who was enduring the ravages of Alzheimer's disease. With no experience in looking after anyone or anything, she says, and without ever having to be involved in accessing community support services, she was thrown into the caregiver's world. Eleven years after realizing that something was not quite right with her mother, the challenge continues. And while she says she's never managed to manage the challenge, 
the journey has nevertheless been signposted with great people and some poignant experiences. So, welcome to the show, Cindy and Marilyn. Well, thank you so much, Gordon. What a lovely introduction. Thank you for having me here. You're very welcome. And Marilyn, too. Yes, we're looking forward to the conversation. Here we go. My going to be a question, first to Cindy. Please tell us more about your professional background and your current work in, mel- in elder caring and how it men- meshes with your personal experience as a family caregiver. Cindy? Well, I became a caregiver um, inadvertently, kind of like Marilyn, um, and it was actually my ex-father-in-law who I cared for for five and a half years. Um, it was a, you know, there was, I, I was fully ensconced in, in business. I did marketing and advertising in the fitness industry. Uh, I had a very close relationship with my ex-father-in-law because he was a wonderful grandfather to my daughter. And one Sunday night when we were having dinner, he asked me if I would pay his bills and check on his wife when he had open heart surgery at the age of 83. And the goal of that was so he could see my daughter graduate from college, which he did see, but, I mean, it was quite a journey to get there. And I had no idea what I was saying yes to, truthfully. I mean, I had no idea. I thought, oh, I I could do that. Anybody could do that. Well, it turned into, you know, one thing after the other, as all family caregivers know. You never, you know, you put your finger in the dike and then it pops open in another place. And so after five and a half years of caring for him, he passed away last July 2nd, 2009. I realized um, during the course of this, I realized that, you know, what I needed along the way was somebody to really prop me up, help me, help me problem solve with these things. I didn't necessarily want to bring a social worker in. I just needed somebody to tell me, this is what you need to do now. And so I created the care company to help other families going through what I was going through to, A, plan in advance, B, navigate the journey, C, learn how to take care of yourself, because that's the ultimate important part of this. So in a nutshell, that's how I did this, and then here I am. Right. (laughs) Marilyn, please tell us more about... First of all, your professional background, and then how you first became involved in what you would now call family caregiving for your mother. Well, just uh, to to speak to a little bit of what Cindy said before I go back to uh, myself, is that the kind of service that she's providing is something I probably could have made use of um, while I was going through this, or still am actually going through this particular journey. Um, I did corporate communications and marketing, and the last job I had um, involved a lot of global travel. So I was away more than I was at, at, at home, and that meant I didn't even know my neighbors. And my mother had moved from out west to come closer to where I lived after my father passed away, but we weren't around a lot with each other. Because of my career, I was used to being able to manage things, plan things, keep to schedules, have folks do things when I thought they should be done. Well, after I um, uh, left my job, I started working for myself, so I had more time. And when my mother started going strange, I just happened to be around. That's where the accidental part came in. 
as having had no experience with any kind of community services, all of a sudden I'm thinking, hmm, I guess that um, uh, I need to do something. And I set off with the same notions you did in business. I made a plan. Well, the plan didn't hold anything to reality. <laughs> so, and as of today, this is 11 years later, I'm still trying to figure out where I find a dentist that treats Alzheimer's patients. All right. We'll come back to that in a moment, I think. Cindy, you wrote a book. Is your book aimed at people like Marilyn and what she's been describing? Well, my book is a roadmap. It's, uh, I, I wanted, it, it, it captures my story for five and a half years, what I learned along the way. It's simple. It's succinct. Because when I was a caregiver, the one thing I did not have was any time to read. And, and at the end of the day, if I did have time to read, I certainly didn't want to read a book on caregiving. So I created this book really for baby boomers who think they might be going through this so that they can actually plan in anticipation. There are things you can plan along the way, you know, that will help you when the crisis comes. Because the crisis will come, and it's going to hit all of us in one way or another. So it's really a roadmap. It's my story, and it's broken out into three sections. The first section are the basics, what you need to look for, what you need to be aware of, what legal documents you need to have in place, how do you speak to a doctor. The second section is on personal care, self-care, not losing yourself along the way. And then the third section, which comes complete with a CD-ROM, are downloadable forms so that you can actually create your own organized notebooks, caregiving system, one that works for you. So I think for Marilyn, who's been in this now for 11 years, there might be a part of the book that she would go, oh, well, yeah, I already know all this stuff. I don't know if she knows everything about self-care, and maybe the forms would help her get organized with all the, you know, the enormous amount of paperwork that caregivers are faced with on a daily basis. Right. Marilyn, Please go back to your early times as a family caregiver as you began to realize that perhaps you didn't use the word, but this is what you were actually doing. Tell us more about that phase. Well, it, um, the aging thing really creeps up slowly in many cases, and, and depending, I guess, on how involved you are in each other's lives, you either don't notice things or you, you think of them differently. And in my case, um, I started really thinking something was, really off the rails, when my mother stopped driving. Now, she gave up driving voluntarily, so it wasn't a question of having to take the keys away. But the thing was, I started um, explaining a lot of odd behavior by the fact my mother was no longer driving, because I was thinking, well, she's doing this because she's not getting out with her friends enough. She's doing this because she can't get to the grocery stores often. And so I was using, I was explaining everything that seemed off kilter by the fact that she wasn't driving anymore. So I was in a bit of denial, I guess, and that was what I, that was the clear-cut incident that started me refocusing on what was actually happening. When did you first start to use the term family caregiver to describe yourself, Marilyn? Oh, gosh. Um, you know what I think it came about? is because um, so many of my friends, I guess because I talked about my mother and the situation an awful lot, the first or second thing they'd say to me each time they saw me, and how's your mother doing now? 
So I started to realize that whether I liked the term or wanted to be a family caregiver, I was. Yeah, yeah. Now, we, um, it's time for us to pay the rent and take the short break, which we'll do now. And this is Dr. Gordon Atherley and my guests are Marilyn Spencer and Cindy Laverty. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We will be back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Two views. Different topics. Questions. Answers. News. And advice. You'll want to check out Ecoman and the Skeptic live from Philadelphia University. Every week, join hosts Rob Fleming and Chris Pastor as they tackle a different topic on sustainability. You'll hear all sides of the issue supported by guests who provide valuable insights. Get ready to be engaged, educated, and entertained when you tune into Ecoman and the Skeptic. Broadcast live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Green Talk network the latest business information is made simple with the voice america business network the professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics strategies for building wealth sales and marketing stock trading investing and business technology voice america business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information advice and education the voice america business network the bottom line in business talk Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Well, you know I need someone. Well. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our guests, Marilyn Spencer and Cindy Laverty. Our topic is elder caring, navigating the system. Now, I, with, with Cindy and Marilyn, I want them to talk about key points and key challenges. First off, with Cindy, we were talking about your book. What are the really key points in your book, and why are they important to family caregivers? Cindy? Uh, thank you, Gordon, and that's a great question. You know, what I, what I know and what I'm always amazed at with families is how few of them have actually prepared in terms of when somebody becomes incapacitated, a spouse, a mother, a father, a grandparent, whatever, and they have no legal documentation in place, an advanced medical directive, a power of attorney for durable assets, and really your hands are tied. You can't access anybody, anything, any information, and so life basically stops, and you go into this complete crisis mode. So I think the most important points in my book are you know, to probably sit for a few minutes or sit with your husband or your wife and figure out, 
are we going to be going through this? We probably are going to be going through this, and what do we need to do? And then I tell everybody, you must have a family conversation where you actually can put some systems and procedures in place for your family in anticipation of this coming. Because as Marilyn said, you know, there are signs everywhere that somebody is in need of some care. We either choose to ignore them because they're just too overwhelming to think about, or we brush them aside as, oh, it's just mom being weird. And so we, we ignore the signs. I mean, I know I ignored the signs with my former father-in-law for years, even though they were everywhere. So I think it's paying attention, getting your legal ducks in order, making sure you have your systems and procedures in place. I keep all these things from my mother in, you know, we have the family drawer, and it's all there in case anything happens. We hope it doesn't, but if it does, I want to be prepared. Yeah. Marilyn. The key, the key challenges you've experienced, you know, the really, really key things that you've experienced as a family caregiver in those 11 years. The, I think that the main thing that, that has caused me problems is that I always seem to be two steps behind where I should be so that um, I never seem to have quite the information I should have at a certain point in time. Because my the thing has gone through all the stages, as I said, from my mother moving here for finally moving her out of her condominium into a retirement home, going from a retirement home into assisted living at the retirement home, and now finally to a nursing home. Um, All of those steps along the way were um, accompanied by a whole set of of challenges, and I wonder now if I asked all the right questions because you get so wrapped up in the getting it done that um, sometimes you're, you're... you're maybe not as um, using your investigative skills as much as you should have. Right. Cindy, your radio show, yes. please tell us who your audience is. And what, what we're particularly interested in knowing are the key points you commonly hear from your audience about navigating the elder care system and then how you, broadly speaking, respond to those points. Cindy? Um, you know... Can I just say one thing to Marilyn before yeah. I answer this question? I think you've been doing it since you've been doing this for 11 years. I think you're being way too hard on yourself because it sounds to me like you have done this beautifully and with grace and dignity and style. And well, so I thank think you. I've tried. <laughs> and if I find the dentist, I'll know I've been more successful. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to ask you. That's a challenge that's coming up. We're going to ask you about that. All right. Now, Cindy, still tell us about tell us okay. about your audience. My radio show, uh, the the listening audience is typically, uh, I would say, it's mostly women ages thirty seven to sixty five. Um, many of them are family caregivers. My show actually focuses on the subject of care, how we care for ourselves so we can better care for each other. So we talk about everything that involves the tiniest component of care. Although I often, because this is such a, a, an issue in the world today, I have shows on elder care or shows focusing on caregivers. So what I find is that there is a sadness and a frustration and, an in, and they don't have an, in, and they're in a, unable to care for themselves there. You never know I was a radio talk show host. You know, and they're wanting to fix everything and they lose themselves along the way. So I think for women, 
and this is what I, how, I address, how I talk to them all the time, is that women always want to come in riding in on their white horse, carrying the sword, and we want to fix everything. And the truth of the matter is, is that in the senior care journey, you can't fix everything. What I teach people to do is to, be, is to find the value in being a companion, an advocate, a strong voice, and a support system for them, and to try to get them off the position of you've got to fix everything because you don't have to do that. And the truth of the matter is is that you don't have to be a family caregiver. That's the truth. So if you can go to it from the place of I'm choosing to do this, I think you find more value in it as opposed to it's my obligation, I must do it, and I'm going into it with resentment. I find that the most successful caregivers are the ones who actually are willing to do it. Does that make sense? It sure does. Now, Marilyn, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Um, If you were calling into Cindy's radio show, given what she just said, what are the key points you would either ask about or tell her about? Marilyn? The one that, uh, and just following along with what's been said, I did have all the, the legal papers in order. And I would just add another note to that. Make sure you have multiple copies because you will need uh, to give them to more people than you could ever imagine to get anything done. Um, the main t- problem that I ran into that still having that part done, my mother said no. She didn't want to move out of her condo. She said no to several other things. And I didn't know how to push it any harder, and it it did cause a lot of problems and used up. I think it actually cost her a year that she could have had a better life out of that one year for her own um, uh, uh, inability to make a decision or my inability to force her. It was the fact that my mother didn't go along with things, and that's something that I could have taken advice on. Um, That was the difficult part. Cindy, how would you respond to Marilyn? She's calling into your show. <laughs> so, Marilyn, this is during the time, she's saying no during the time that she's in the beginning stages of Alzheimer's or she, it's full-blown or what? Um, she did that at the beginning when I first wanted her to move out of her condo. Mm-hmm. She said no, mm-hmm. and I let it go and waited another year before I forced the issue in that one. And then, actually, when I first took her to the nursing home, she tried to escape. Well, this is not uncommon behavior. Um, First of all, you know, Alzheimer's, that you know a lot about it by now. Um, When the brain is affected, we we do behaviors that are not necessarily in our best interest. Oh, absolutely. I think the thing that I would have talked to you about in the beginning is to is to not be afraid to grab a hold of the reins and know that, you know, your mother was probably not safe in her own condominium. Um, I think you can negotiate with people and say, well, okay, if you want to live in your own condominium without moving out, then you need to have a full-time caregiver living here with you, which she probably wouldn't have wanted either, right? She would have fired them in a minute. Okay, but you would have kept bringing them back till pretty pretty soon you would have worn her down because... You are the stronger of the two in this relationship. But I think what I would have done is to probably coach you through the process of being comfortable, having your mother say no to you, and then coming back in as though you are the adult because the role reversal is definitely going on, 
and you're saying yes. And in the end, you're going to win because what you have to remember here is that unlike a baby who's always adorable and wonderful and always learning, our parents, our loved ones are unlearning. That, and and that unlearning is it gets difficult really to dicey. grapple with. Well, I'm sorry, what? That unlearning notion is hard to grapple with. Like it doesn't, it, it isn't going to have a different ending. It's very predictable. Yes. Yes. It's, well, it's, it's going, the ending is going to continue to decline. I mean, yes. you know, I'm going through this right now with my dad and it's, you know, I sit here in a position of, of helping other caregivers who are going through this and I'm having a harder time, you know, walking the walk and practicing what I preach when <laughs> it's my dad. Yeah. But, you know, he's wanting to come home from a rehab center and he can't come home yet. And, you know, yesterday it was, Dad, you can't. But it's, it's very difficult. And it's, but what I would have coached you through is how to take the reins. And how, I think what I found with seniors, especially those that have some kind of dementia or Alzheimer's, is that if you keep coming at them, eventually they're going to go, okay, she, something in their brain or their soul says, all right, he wins, she wins, I'll go along with it. But it's okay because she's, she's safe and she's in a good place now, and if all you're looking for is a dentist, um, I don't, you're in Canada, right? Yeah. I don't know about in Canada. I can tell you in California, we have dental hygienists who will go to families' homes and, um, and do a home visit. Now, if you want me to, you could send me an email, and I will ask my dental hygienist who does that if there's anything in Canada. That would be very nice. I, I think probably there is this, um, this dental issue just arose because of a screening program that public health has within the nursing homes. And I think that one of the things that happened, again, there is humor in some of these things, my mother is one of the very few residents of the nursing home that still has her own teeth. So they were quite used to, if she'd had dentures, you can just send them out and that's easy, but somehow being faced with someone whose teeth are attached creates a whole other set of problems. Well, may I ask you this question about her teeth? Mm-hmm. How important is it that she get her teeth cleaned? It's that she needs a filling. Oh, okay. And that one, and I'm still trying to figure out um, whether the trauma that would be involved in all of this is worth it. Might not be. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think I might be. If she's, I might not, be. if she's not in any pain, I wouldn't put her through it. No, because that's one of the other things I learned, that the trauma involved in a lot of care when you're older mm-hmm. far exceeds the value of the care. Absolutely. She would be terrified. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, so, it, and it's horrible to watch. So if she's not in any pain, I wouldn't do anything with it. My ex-mother-in-law, because uh, I took care of her part of the time in this journey, was missing her front four teeth because mm-hmm. with her dementia, her nurses or caregivers would bend over in front of her and she would bite them in the derriere and lose her teeth. Yeah. Oh, dear. But we yeah. just left her with toothless. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Now, we, I'm going to interrupt you at this point. That's been a very, very important 
discussion. Thank you both, because it is time for the break, and we're going to come back to some of these issues. So let's take the break now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley. My guests are Marilyn Spencer and Cindy Laverty. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're continuing when we come back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You've got to believe. Listen up. Conceive Magazine is now on the air, live, and on demand on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Hosted by Kim Hahn, founder of Conceive Magazine. Conceive On Air offers comfort and emotional support to women contemplating starting or expanding their family by consulting noted professional experts and by sharing the insights and experiences of others. Kim wants to share her experiences to educate and empower women. Conceive On Air is the only complete resource destination that inspires and informs future moms about their fertility on the journey to parenthood. Conceive On Air with Kim Hahn, celebrating the creation of families. The Bay and Beyond is a unique lifestyle program featuring guests that are setting the trends for 21st century living and beyond. While our program originates from the San Francisco Bay Area, our topics and ideas will affect you anywhere that you may be listening. Your host, Frances LaRose, and her guests will bring you both professional and leisure perspectives to help you in your day-to-day life. From current events to your lifestyle, it's all here. Tune in to The Bay and Beyond. Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Marilyn Spencer and Cindy Laverty. Our topic is elder caring, navigating the system. Um, I want to ask both our guests now to talk about the signals that start family caregivers navigating the system. Um, So starting again with with Cindy, what are the most important signals that a family caregiver who's providing family elder care should be looking out for, and what do the signals mean? Uh, That is such an important question because the signals are what get ignored all the time. Um, And, you know, like success, success leaves a trail, the need for care leaves a trail. So when you're going to visit your parents, let's just say we're talking about our parents, 
It could be anybody. Um, suppose that your mother always kept a really impeccable home and suddenly it's looking messy. Unpaid bills. Uh, perhaps there's a pet who hasn't been cared for. Dirty clothing when normally clothes are always clean. Um, forgetfulness a lot, not just absent-mindedness, but <clears throat> forgetfulness, serious forgetfulness. I think you have to look at if there's dents on the car, if there's scratches on the, the tires of the car. Um, these are all signs that something isn't right. When there's a feeling of chaos, just overall chaos and issues that are not being addressed that normally were addressed, I think that's when you really need to go in and figure out exactly what's going on. And again, I will tell you, I mean, for me, there were signs everywhere with, this was my ex-father-in-law, so I really didn't have a, a place to go in and take care of him, but I knew something was wrong. When I got in there, it was a disaster. Marilyn, what were the signals you received during, you know, your experience, especially in the early times, and how did you interpret them? Well, just many of the things that Cindy's mentioned there was, one with my mother was... Um, her clothes, because she had a lot of them, and she liked getting dressed up, and then she was wearing the same thing again and again and again. <laughs> I thought that was odd. But remember, again, I'm linking this back to not driving. Don't ask me why. The other thing she started doing was I'd go there in the afternoon, and she'd be in bed watching cartoons. Mm. And that was just such a strange thing for her to be doing. Again, a behavior far outside any kind of... Uh, of norm, and they were obviously signs that things were um, not right. Right. Cindy, let's think about a family caregiver who's experiencing a signal that she or he may not fully understand, but nevertheless senses as something important. Why should the family caregiver, this, this family caregiver, go first for advice, and why should he or she go there, and what then? Cindy? I always believe that the primary care physician is a great place to start because if you, if you are able to talk to the doctor or you can set up an appointment and say, you know, Mom, I think we should go to the doctor and, uh, you know, just make sure that everything's going okay. And however you have to approach it, it should be sort of casual. But I think the doctor can be a great advocate for you if you have a good primary care physician and you can schedule a time. Yep, you're going to probably have to pay for that time, but it's well worth it to find out exactly what's going on, get some advice. Um, I know for my parents, you know, the doctor is God. Whatever the doctor says is gold and whatever I say is not. Um, so I would go to the doctor if there are these signs because you may have to be dealing with, your chances are good you're going to have to be dealing with somebody who should not be driving and the doctor can issue a do not drive prescription. This is all in the United States. I'm not sure about Canada. Um, but similar go, things, yeah. I similar. would go see the doctor. Yep. Marilyn, what did you actually do when you first recognized signals that something was going wrong? And there's a subsidiary question to that. Would your mother or you have benefited if you'd recognized these signals for what they really were earlier on? And oh, if so, oh, why oh, and how would yes. you have benefited? The doctor question, that got complicated by the fact that my mother had a primary care physician that was wonderful. 
right about the time when I think it would have been important, she retired. And I didn't understand the question of where the medical records ended up and, and a lot of stuff got lost that shouldn't have. And that was a major impediment, was not having that connection at the beginning because eventually we found another doctor, but there was no history. And therefore no continuity. There was no continuity. And my mother had the cagey ability to, in certain situations, appear to be the most lucid person going. And I'd be looking at her in some of these situations saying, and who are you? Because she would be so different. Like all this strange behavior would be gone, and there'd be this wonderfully articulate person sitting beside me, and I'd be kind of flabbergasted about what was going on. Yeah. Again, I didn't understand a lot about the disease of Alzheimer's, but that was, uh, that was definitely a difficulty. The other difficulty that I got into, and I call it, it's kind of a middle-class trap. If you're poor, you don't have a lot of alternatives, and at least here in Canada, a lot of the system kind of looks after you. If you're rich, you can buy a lot of in-house private care. If you're in the middle, that's when things become a little bit more difficult because it was my need to access services within the community um, that I didn't know about, and it took me a long time to find the appropriate community people to be talking to. And at the end, I actually even only got plugged into the correct people by accident. Are you saying, Marilyn, then, that if you had interpreted the signals or been able to interpret the systems and you had had medical continuity, that things would have turned out for the better? Well, I would have made, I would have made a, a different decision about um, the, when she, my mom eventually went into a retirement home. Had I been plugged in better, I would have chosen a different facility. I would have chosen a facility uh, very geared towards Alzheimer's care. And um, not knowing enough about what I was doing, I picked one that was a nice one that was also five minutes from my house. And actually, there was a better facility not that far away that would have suited her, I, I think would have been more assistance to her. Perfectly fair. But I didn't know all of that at the time. Right. Hindsight, a blessed gift. Cindy, um, this is a big continent. I'm from Europe, where it, the distances are a lot smaller. Mm -hmm. This is a big continent. What are the problems that family caregivers experience with receiving, understanding, and taking action in response to signals when the family member is far away, across the country, across the continent, or even across the world? What are the solutions that you recommend for these situations? Well, I think as your parents age, um, you really need to, you know, first of all, you, you, have, to, you have to take the time to, to pay a visit and to go see what's going on so that you know if there's need for care. Um, and then I recommend that if somebody is in need of care or, you know, a mom and dad need someone to come in, that, that, you, find, that you speak to a social worker. They're available through the hospitals or they're available in every city, and you find a really trustworthy geriatric care manager or a geriatric case manager if you're not going to be able to be there to help oversee, you know, just what's going on. I mean, you don't want to leave somebody who you love in a dire situation. So you're going to have to find somebody who specializes in this, you know, and, or you can hire a company like mine if they, if they exist 
in other, you know, areas of the world. But Or you have to consider moving them closer to you. Because we're really getting to the point in this country, where, you know, around the world, where we're not going to be able to keep affording to put people into facilities because nobody has saved enough money to be able to support that. And, you know, in America, we don't pay for those places. They're not available to us. I think the point that Marilyn was making, that if you're in the middle class, it's really a struggle because there just aren't as many services available for you. Yeah. Marilyn, do you, how do you relate to that? Oh, yeah, that's um, the, the, um, uh, the distance thing. I'm fortunate right now because the facility that my mother is in, it's a nursing home, and it's like a highly regulated. The government has a set of standards, and this home is extremely well run. And it allows me to spend the winters away in the Caribbean on our boat. And the thing is, is that if anything is um, out of line or whatever, they call. I always have a, a phone number where I can be reached, and they call when there's anything that I need to know about or even stuff I don't need to know about. So that um, they have given me the, um, uh, like the freedom to be away. But at the same time, remain in, in contact. Exactly, and I don't have – I'm not carrying a lot of guilt about it. In fact – the, the nursing home situation has been much more satisfactory from my point of view than the retirement home. Um, I think I naively expected the retirement home to be more than kind of a fancy hotel, and particularly when I was paying for assisted living, I thought it meant more than it turned out to. <laughs> and uh, uh, But with the nursing home, I just um, I think the folks are fabulous, and uh, they do a really good they do a really good job, and every year you have a, a conference with everybody that's involved in your parents' um, uh, situation. So you're updated from everybody's perspective, and then you can always um, uh, phone someone and ask them. Right. So I think it's just been fabulous. Okay, now I'm going to interrupt now because it's the break time again, but we're going to be coming back to these big issues. So this time for the break, we've got to pay the rent. This is Dr. Gordon Averley, my guests are Marilyn Spencer and Cindy Laverty. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. We will be back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 
Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Isa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Isa, where America learns to invest. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Marilyn Spencer and Cindy Laverty. Our topic is Elder Caring, Navigating the System. Now, you know, family caregiving is more and more important, not just for families, but also for the healthcare systems and society as a whole in North America, in Europe, and beyond. So this raises questions that I want to discuss with our two guests. And the questions really are, what are the things that need to be done to improve elder caring in our societies? But just to put a sharp edge to it, I'm going to ask our two guests to suppose that both of you are politicians seeking election in your own districts, in the U.S. and Canada, respectively, to improve elder caring. So what I want to know is what would be your policy platform and what would you say to voters? Cindy, start with you, please. I can't believe you're putting me on the spot like this. <laughs> I probably wouldn't get elected because I don't know how politically correct I am. However... The first thing I would do is I would extend the retirement age in this country to somewhere into the 70s because, one, I believe that people are very vital well after 65 years old. Two, I believe strongly that because of our situation in this country, we need more money coming into the system to help pay for seniors who are aging um, so we need more money, and I also believe that we need wisdom in business. We need people who have CEO capacity thinking. We need people who have life experience. So I would have a platform of extending the age of retirement. We would have more money coming into the system. Under no circumstances would I cut benefits for seniors in any way, shape, or form. They were told from the time they were very young when Social Security and Medicare first started that they would be taken care of, that the government would take care of them, and they paid into the system, and they trusted it. And suddenly now, they're losing a lot of their benefits because we are insuring 
the masses. And we, but we don't really have a socialized form of medicine in this country. We don't really have a capitalistic form. We're combining the two, and it's not working. But I would definitely not cut benefits for seniors so that everybody else can have benefits. And I would include compensation for family caregivers. Billions of dollars are being lost every year in business and for families who have to step into this role because for whatever reason, through no fault of their own, their family cannot afford, the the parent cannot afford to take care of themselves anymore. And so families have to step up and do that. And so I would have subsidies either through insurance programs or government program to help family caregivers and to make this not be such a horrible job, make it be a more rewarding job. Marilyn, your platform, please. You know, I've struggled with this one because it's such a, it's such a difficult uh, situation. It's so easy to be critical but really hard to come up and say, and what would you do? Um, and one of the things that I think is important that Cindy mentioned, actually, is the idea of if benefits were promised, they must be delivered, because there's nothing worse than people having to live in fear. And one of the things that happens when a lot of people get older, they're very sensitive to what they can perceive to being threats to their situation, and it makes a bad thing worse. I think that this might not be an actual platform, but I would try to uh, speak around the notion that elder care is about an awful lot of things. And it's, there should be every social policy that comes along needs to be run through a filter about, now, how does this affect the aging population? Mm. For example, we have um, in Canada, um, where I live, they have a thing called market value with, uh, assessment for your house. You're living in the house that you've lived in for 40 years. The neighborhood's changed. The property market has skyrocketed. And in your retirement age, you could be looking at a tax bill that's dazzling simply because your neighborhood changed. So you've got people that are on fixed incomes looking at humongous amounts in property tax bills. Even though you need money coming in, sometimes there's a group that isn't as able to pay them. That could actually cause them to have to move. So I'm saying that I think what I would try to put across as my platform is that I would evaluate all social policies. Another one is the need for public transportation. If you can't drive, you need a way of getting around. That all of these policies need to be looked at in terms of how they're going to affect what's becoming a sizable demographic of people. I don't know if that answers, Gordon, but that's... Yep. Um, I, I, the other thing that I do, and I think Cindy might agree with me on this one because both of us come from a marketing background, <laughs> I would be running commercials that talk about all these signs of aging. In Canada here, the Alzheimer's Society ran a series of commercials, and one of them was about misplacing your keys, and it was something that my mother did. And when I saw that commercial, I thought, boy, if I'd seen this commercial a couple of years ago, I might have clued in differently. So somewhere along the line, I'd like an advertising campaign that spoke to some of these early warning signs. Right. Cindy, I'm going to ask you now, because you're both, on, you're both standing on your platforms, um, Marilyn was talking about reviewing all the, I'm going to call, benefit programs. Do you agree with her on that? And are there, if you do, are there ones in particular that you would want to go after? Or if you don't agree with her, why do you not agree with her? 
No, I do agree with her. Um, I, I think all the social platforms do need to be reviewed, although I'm not sure in this country, you know, we're talking about apples and oranges here. Um, I feel like Washington is literally not listening to what's happening in the pop in, with the population in the elderly. I think they're aware we have a problem, but I don't think they have any idea what to do about it. I mean, we're looking at a completely different medical dynamic. We're looking at a whole new era in medicine that doctors are not trained for. I mean, I think you have to look at the number of People we have who are baby boomers who are coming of age, how many people are living well into their 80s, 90s, how are we going to be able to take care of these people in a system that is not always kind, that is not always friendly? And like Marilyn said before, if you're poor, there are services for you. If you're rich, you can go anywhere in the world. But if you fall into that area where the masses are, Mm-hmm. There's not help for you. Right. And in this country, it's really hard to get help for somebody who's in that situation. And so, you know, families' life savings are wiped out because of this. So we're either gonna we're either gonna take care of these people and figure out where we can cut from other programs where people have become so dependent upon the system and don't really contribute anything except to take their paycheck. Or we're going to have a big crisis here, and no one's going to know what to do about it. Marilyn, what about Canada? Um, Do you see in Canada the same things that Cindy's talking about, or do you think it's different? Um, Many of those uh, same things are there. The one thing that I think I'm going to say obscures some of the problem here is the fact that we have health insurance because it's often the health insurance and the medical bill that alerts people to a lot of things. Now, both countries are grappling with the idea, how in heaven's name do we pay for all of this? But I think that that in Canada obscures uh, the situation. As, I'd like to say, as a baby boomer, um, I've watched going through the school system, and because the schools never kind of caught up with us, they built... Um, if the school got too full, they built uh, these little portables, like prefabricated units, and they put them on the school ground to accommodate all the extra students. And I have a vision of what retirement is going to be for the baby boomers, is that there will be the nursing home, and then there will be little portables, little prefabricated <laughs> units and trailers all around it to accommodate all the other people that need help, because there's just so many. Yeah. Marilyn, this is an unfair thing, but... I take it that the portables are not part of your platform. You're speaking against them. Is that right? I'm definitely speaking against the portables, and it's the notion that um, uh, there's going to be a lot of people, and I think a lot of people are maybe hanging their hat on the fact that you can care for everybody in their own home, and there are situations, and there will be a lot of them, again, in sheer numbers, where people need to be in a safe facility, and I don't think anybody wants to figure out the size of that problem. Right. I agree. Okay. Now, what you're both talking about in the last few minutes is really fairness, isn't it? That is to say, um, seniors are people who've served the society. They've 
worked, they've spent their lives, they've been made promises to, and fulfilling those promises um, and not leaving them to spend their life savings just to uh, survive and making sure there are places for them to go when they really do need to go, as does happen, but also at the same time supporting a home care system, um, not so much as a stopgap or as an overflow, but rather as a preferred means. But, and this is going to be a, just a quick comment from me. Um, there does come a point, though, and I think you would both agree with this, that for some people, particularly with dementia and Alzheimer's, where maybe the time does arrive where there's no alternative but to go to a facility, and I think what I'm getting from you both is um, yeah, maybe that does arrive, but we've got to be sure um, that we have dealt with that question fairly, made proper plans for it, but also not stress the system so it co totally collapses. So I, can I just finish off by saying, were I in either of your jurisdictions, I would vote for you, and I'm very serious in what I, that sounds a facetious remark, but it's not. I'm very serious because... Family caregiving needs the kind of advocates that you both are, as well as the kind of work and experience that you both are doing and experience that you have. So I want to thank you, first of all, both of you, um, for sharing your experiences and these insights and their advice, and I want to wish you all every success. I want to say thank you to our listeners, and I would encourage you to email us with your comments and questions which I'll gladly pass on to Marilyn and Cindy, you know, on particular things or questions that they've raised um, that interest you or you would like to pursue. Now, in saying thank you, I want to emphasize once again that family caregivers are the supports of the system um, and are people who themselves need help at times and, as both of you have said, need to take care of themselves. And that's part of the story. So, thank you both very much. In our next episode, um, we're going to be talking about optimism for family caregivers involved with autism. Please join us, same time, same spot. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being right.